How can small businesses set themselves up for success without breaking the bank or relying on outside investors? Well, it is possible. It just takes some know-how, some savviness, and knowing the right tools to use. Today, we'll be talking to an expert in that area to shed some light on how you can bootstrap your small business to grow and succeed. Welcome to Momentum, a podcast by Jotform, where we talk about the technology, productivity tips, insights, and best practices that help us move forward in business and in life. My name is Elliot, your host, and today I'm here with LaShonda Brown, YouTuber and tech educator who helps small businesses flourish by giving them the tools and knowledge they need to thrive without having to dip into debt. I'm personally very excited for this conversation, and I think it will speak to a lot of our users and listeners out there. So, Lashonda, uh, welcome to the podcast, and we're incredibly happy you could join us today. Thanks so much for having me. This should be a lot of fun. It should be. So let's get straight to it. Now, I just gave a top level summary of what you do in helping provide businesses the, the tips and insights they need to succeed. But why don't you back up and give us some context in your own words about your background, how you got started on this track and how you ended up where you are today? So I think one of the most exciting things about my past is I've never had a full-time job working for anyone but myself. So um, I had a lot of freedom when it came to becoming an entrepreneur because I didn't have that much to leave behind. I was only making uh, $500 a month Mm. working while I was going to college. And so I said, okay, you know, my husband and I decided to start our own business. And I said, if I can make at least $500 a month, I'll leave my job. (laughs) like, well, I hope we can do that. And so I decided to uh, step away from that. And our very first business 10 years ago, which is still in existence today, was a video production company. And it has been an incredible process to go from being a service provider to becoming an educator. You know, in between, I started my own marketing company. I was so inspired by my husband. I started a business of my own. And so I started to teach people how to use video content content outside of just TV production. And over time, I realized that it would be helpful to create some tutorials for my clients. And then I noticed people were actually watching them who didn't know me. And little by little, I became a full-time educator using YouTube because of that journey. Wow. Uh, That's an incredible story starting, you know, from where you did to where you found yourself ending up. And I think it's it's kind of indicative of our times. Right. There there are so many people and businesses who are who are trying to make it. And in this Internet age, finding the tools and resources to help you do so. Now it's just a Google away. And these people are trying to figure out, you know, what they can use to take their business or, you know, their success story and elevate it. And uh, you provide them that. And I think that's that's really inspirational. What what was the inspiration behind your your YouTube channel, which is called Bootstrap Biz Advice? It it started with this uh, this idea of being an educator. Uh, When did you know that it would become something that you would start doing full time and could replace that five hundred dollar a week job? Uh, You know, when when did you know that this is what you were going to do? This is what you wanted to do. Yeah, so my degrees are actually in theater. 
Uh, my background is a theater arts performance and production major. And growing up, I wanted to be on Broadway and ultimately own my own theater. And as time went on, you know, I decided to support my husband in his video production company and stepped away from theater. And what I learned is that I have an uncanny ability to speak while I teach tech. Mm -hmm. So nine times out of 10, when I am actually walking through how to use a resource, I don't have a script and I have no clue what's going to come out of my mouth until I start recording. That is impressive. And it is awesome, you know? And so like that realization of, wow, I can use my theater background in the tech community. It blew my mind. And then I started to realize the authority that I had to speak on resources. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I am an influencer. I'm influencing the choices that people Absolutely. make. And so I decided, you know what, why not become that mentor I always wanted and never had? When we started, we didn't know anything about business. My husband had a film background. I was an actor. And somehow we decided starting a business was a good idea. And so I thought, man, if I had had someone who didn't make me sign up for 10,000 free trials mm -hmm. and just showed me what worked, <laughs> think of all the things I could have accomplished Seriously. if someone had been nice enough to share. And so that's really kind of my mindset with education is I want to share so that you spend less time trying to troubleshoot on your own and that you can put that time toward other things that are better worth your time. And so people are so appreciative, you know, even though it's sometimes the most minute thing I'm teaching, they go, no, you saved me two hours in Google, just telling me how to make a reel in Canva or how to make my first form in dot form or whatever. And so I just started to realize that there's so much potential. There's so much potential for someone teaching tutorials that doesn't put you to sleep, that understands the entrepreneurship journey and speaks your language and doesn't overwhelm you. And so that's what I get all the time. People say, oh, you have a great voice or, oh, you're an awesome teacher or, oh, you're not trying to bait and switch me and sell me a product. I truly just want to teach. And it has been incredible to watch what's happened when you just have that servant mindset and you just show up, produce quality content. Somehow it becomes a job. And so that's what I do. And I love it. Well, that is that is an awesome story. And your passion shows through. And I think, I mean, you, you mentioned uh, Jotform briefly there. Obviously, we, we found you because of your online tech tutorials like here at Jotform. And we've collaborated with you on on several videos on your channel. We'll have some videos of yours on our channel that we're going to start publishing soon that will be published by the time this this podcast airs. So uh, it really it really spoke to to us um, and to us as marketers about how you can can break down technology into easily understandable tidbits, which, as I mentioned, is is so important for uh, emerging small businesses who don't want to be bogged down by having to deal with all of this. You know, if you're a Fortune 500 company, you have entire departments dedicated to, to technology. If you're a bootstrap business, you want to focus on your business, right? Um, and I think be able to condense that into easily understandable terms for a quick fix for business people who are trying to elevate uh, their platform is is really powerful. So that's that's awesome. And before we go any further, I feel like we should uh, clarify for our, our audience, people who who might not know, um, what does Bootstrap actually mean? You know, the name of your channel is Bootstrap Biz Advice. We've already mentioned that a few times. Uh, but how do you define 
define bootstrap for those who may be unfamiliar and why should businesses want to be bootstrapped? Yeah, so there's actually a saying about pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. And, you know, sometimes that term has negative connotations. Some people say, oh, it's impossible to do that on your own. And so bootstrapping is a negative thing. But ultimately, when people use that term bootstrap, what they're saying is they're on a limited budget. Mm-hmm. And so they're forced to be in a position where they have to do it on their own until they can afford to pay someone else. Mm-hmm. And so my biggest thing is I want to give advice for people on a budget with a small team or doing it on their own. You know, I'm not trying to teach a you know large corporation mm-hmm. about tech. I'm speaking to that person who just got laid off their job and is starting their own business or someone working a side hustle or someone going to college looking for a a way to generate some money to pay off their loans. I'm really gearing everything that I do toward the mindset that you cannot afford to go into debt Mm -hmm. with this business advice. I'm not going to tell you rack up, you know, your credit card debt in order to buy this program or this course or this tool. I know that you are on a budget you are doing it on your own. You're pulling yourself up by your, by your bootstraps. And so ultimately the goal is if I can equip you with tools that will help you to grow your business in that phase, eventually you're going to outgrow it. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to be able to start to automate and delegate to something else and grow your business. And so ultimately, you know, bootstrapping, I want to reduce the stigma of that. There's nothing wrong with you being on a budget, you know? And so if I can help you to find solutions that fit where you you are instead of being ashamed of the stage you're in that's going to propel that's going to propel you to the next level absolutely and i think you you can speak so authentically to that because you were there right starting your own right. business from nothing like you know trying to find a, a new job out of out of college and uh you know it, as you mentioned to begin with, you're basically, it's what you would teach yourself in these videos, what you wish you could go back and, and teach yourself to start out. And so many other people, uh, as evidenced by your growing YouTube page, have found um, have found a lot of valuable insight and advice from that. So um, on, the, on the stigma of bootstrapping, you're right, there is a bit of a stigma. And it's, it's so interesting, right? Because we're, I think we live in a society where you're anticipated if you're a founder, like, oh, you need to bring on the investors you need to you need to go in, into debt you but the moment you do that you have to become accountable to, to shareholders stakeholders your financial situation gets so precarious if you aren't you know yielding these results that stakeholders want and you want to grow your business the right way not just in the way that your majority shareholders and stakeholders want right so uh, I think it speaks to businesses of honestly all sizes not just small businesses like Jotform, we're a bootstrap company still, and we have we have 350 or so employees. And you know, our CEO, um, his mantra is, is to stay bootstrap. You don't need to always take on outside investments, especially right away, and even 10 years into a company, because then you can grow the company the way that you want. And this is really enabling companies to do that because you're still just answering to yourself at this point if you're if you're bootstrap. So I couldn't agree more with that, and honestly, neither. 
could could jot for him as far as where we're coming from. Um, so let's jump straight to uh, kind of the the nitty gritty. Uh, you know your your core tenets to success that you've kind of built over the years and you've taught people. You know, there's obviously a lot that goes into making a business successful, uh, and it's even trickier without going to debt or or taking on investors. Uh, but if you had to really distill it, uh, do you have just a few core tenets you preach that are applicable to pretty much any small business owner who's looking to grow without debt? I mean, I think the biggest thing I would say toward being successful as a small business is just be transparent. I think the tendency is to always want to spin a situation. Mm -hmm. And if you can learn to really lean into transparency to say, hey, I'm not the best fit for everyone, but for the people that I am, I'm going to kill it for you. You know, I think honestly, a lot of times, you know, people will say fake it till you make it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're playing around with someone's, you know, livelihood or literal life, you want to be honest about what your capabilities are and what they're not. And so I am always going to go for transparency and, you know, ethics toward your recommendations or the services or the products you provide. Because what happens is when you lead with transparency and you deliver value, then your customers become ambassadors and advocates for your brand. And so then you can lean more heavily on organic reach than paid advertising because you've built up a community of people who believe even trust in you. And so that's my thing, whether it's advice I'm giving or businesses I'm running, people feel like they genuinely know me. And so Mm -hmm. they're rooting for me to be successful because I help them be successful. And so when it's mutually beneficial, your business is going to grow in a reasonable way at a steady pace and you'll be Mm -hmm. fine. You won't have to lean on just throwing money at the issue. And so I've just seen through multiple ventures I've done since I was 18. I think I've done probably six at this point, and they've all been successful because they've been built on that foundation of transparency and trustworthiness and ethics. And so if you can do that, you can apply that to anything you're doing in business and you'll do well. I really like that. Um, I think that's so critical to to highlight, not just in in passing. You'll 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 hear anyone say, "Oh yeah, you have to, you know, you have to be transparent." Everyone's going to like say that, right? But to say that's the really kind of the number one thing. I mean, if you think about it, it your relationship as a business with your clients, it's like any relationship, uh, you know, with a significant other or or family. It's built on a foundation of trust, and if that isn't there, the moment that starts to falter, it can be really hard to get that back. Um, and I think you see a, a lot of like news reports about certain like large tech companies where they're they're hiding things or some things come out, and there starts to be this momentum built up against them because they've lost that breach of trust. And I think it's harder to maintain that when you expand and grow so quickly and you're answering stakeholders and you need to, to meet certain requirements. Um, so I think highlighting that as really kind of the number one thing to build your business off, um, you know, that foundation of trust is is so pivotal. And I like that answer a lot. And that that really applies to any industry, right? Because I don't, I don't think we've talked into it yet. We're talking about, your channel talks about tech tools that any small business can use, but that really applies to any small business because you don't actually have to be a technology business to need tech tools. Like um, every business is going to need to have some kind of online presence. So I don't know if we clarified that, but um, what sort of industries are you speaking to and do these tenants sort of apply equally to all of them? 
Yeah. I mean, I honestly believe, especially when you're taking it from the standpoint of marketing outreach or productivity, mm-hmm. most of my business, most of my business tutorials will fall into that. So, you know, if I can either save you money, save you time or make you money, then my content's done its job. And so that's really what I filter everything through. It's like, okay, is this tech tool going to help you to just flat out grow your business? Or can I add more time to your day by teaching you how to use this app? Or can I save you money because this solution will allow you to get rid of some other subscriptions you have? And so thus it'll save you money. And so I'm really looking at how can I in general, just help people on a budget. That's the common factor. It's not so much industry as it is you want to be fiscally responsible with how you run your operation, whether you're a nonprofit mm-hmm. or you're a small business or even a larger corporation. You know, if I can provide you with a solution that's going to stretch your dollar, ultimately your business is going to be more successful. And so that's really the funnel through which I put all of my content through. Absolutely. And that is, that is universally applicable, right? Productivity and, and marketing. And I think um, some people, especially small business owners who are so focused on their craft, they, they might not realize uh, up front just how important marketing is to eventually growing the business to the place that you want it to be. Because, you know, to have happy customers, you first need to draw the customers, um, right? So as a, if I'm a small business owner and I've got most resources dedicated to, to my product or service, uh, but knowing I need to market myself and get the word out there, uh, how do I do that without breaking the bank? What are some of these favorite marketing channels that you use or that you recommend uh, to get the word out? Because it doesn't matter what my hypothetical small business might be. It could be in the food industry. It could be in the service industry. It could be anything. Regardless, at some point, I'm going to need to market myself. Um, And I think communicating that to small business owners is pivotal early on in the process uh, so that they know. What are your tips for, for that if you're speaking to a small business owner who hasn't really delved into marketing yet? Yeah. So I think that all marketing strategies are going to fall into one of two camps. Either it's going to be a short-term focus platform or a long-term focus platform. And what I mean by that is there are certain, say, social media platforms that are a better fit for time-sensitive information. You know, if you are running a sale or a promotion, creating a YouTube video about that is probably not a good fit Mm -hmm. because ultimately YouTube has more of a long-term focus because it's so SEO driven. And so if I am running, you know, a Black Friday sale, it would be better to use something like Facebook or Instagram to Mm -hmm. communicate that to my users because it's time sensitive versus YouTube is a better fit for evergreen content that's going to be more SEO driven to help me reach people that are looking for a solution to a problem. So oftentimes when you look at YouTube, YouTube, you are talking to a group of people who are aware they have a problem and are looking for solutions versus, you know, short-term focus marketing platforms are more people who have built a relationship with you. And so ultimately, you know, they're looking for you to be more involved with them on a daily basis versus, 
YouTube audiences may buy what you're selling, even if they don't know you. So having a balance of the two is a really good way to market yourself. I don't recommend creating accounts across all platforms. You can't do it all. Mm -hmm. And so if you have a short term and a long term focused platform, that should be sufficient enough to get you started. Pick your battles, right? Uh, oh, but yeah. At the end of the day, get, get yourself out there, especially if you're a small business looking to, to make an impact. Uh, and I think that's that's really valuable advice. Now, let's do, let's dive into you know some of the fun stuff and start talking about your specific favorite tools that you like to recommend. You know, your, your channel is full of really helpful videos that take uh, deep dives into, into different tools, a variety of different tools. And of course, I encourage any of our listeners to, to check out your channel. Uh, but can we get a short list of some of your favorite ones that generally are applicable to most businesses and your sort of go-to recommendations? Yeah. So, um, I, I'm so biased because there are certain platforms that <laughs> I, I use all the time. Obviously, Jotform. We'll I've literally it. been using that since day one. <laughs> uh, we use that in our video production company to have people upload their logos mm -hmm. and um, information for their TV commercials. And it was amazing for that. That's so awesome. obviously, that goes without being said. But um, I absolutely love what's happening over at Canva. I think that they are the bootstrapper tool for graphic design. Design. And for so many people who cannot afford to pay a graphic designer for their organization, they help students, they help nonprofits, they help small business owners. And I'm, I'm seeing as time progresses, them embrace merging with other smaller tech companies to provide even more resources to their communities. So Canva is a big one. I've got a lot of friends at Flowdesk. Um, they're a new email marketing software, and they are really killing it from the standpoint of understanding that people don't want to be punished for growing their email list. Mm -hmm. And so as your list grows with Flowdesk, they don't increase the monthly rate. Really? And so I it's really wild. And so, you know, as your list grows on Flowdesk, you would think, okay, since I'm emailing 20,000 versus 2,000, it should cost me more. And right now, as the time of this recording, it does not. And so wow. that is a huge disruption in the email marketing space that, you know, you're encouraged to email more and to grow more because it won't cost you more to talk to your audience. So it's like an anti-pricing um, model. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I and I I really wish them all the success with that because it is so different, but I think it's so needed. And and probably the last one that I like is the platform Honeybook. And what's cool about that is it becomes this all-in-one solution for people to send their contracts and invoices and questionnaires. And so for people who don't want to have 10,000 tools in their business and want to rely on a few to help facilitate the needs in their business, I think they're doing a really good job of providing a CRM system for people that allows them to really manage their client relationships and not be so scattered. Um, so those are probably um, three of my favorite right now. And I think they all have the standpoint of embracing community. And I'm mm -hmm. so community driven that I, I love how they're doing that behind the scenes, really talking to their users and developing features that best serve them. 
Yeah, it feels like first of all, this is a this is a fantastic list, and it, it feels like even from you know what I know about about most of these tools, they're really in it for you know the the little guy, the the, the business owner, not just the five, you know Fortune five hundred company. They're in it for every single small business owner out there. Um, and I love your your stance on community um, and how these businesses sort of conduct themselves. Uh, I I also like the the disruptive pricing that you mentioned because that is that is so important. I think. All the tools that you mentioned, including JotForm, uh, do have some kind of disruptive pricing models compared to some of their larger, potentially flashier peers, right? And all of them speak to some version of productivity or marketing yourself that small businesses need. So this is all aligning with the sort of the mantra that you that you preach. And I think those are some great tools and resources. We'll be sure to link them uh, in the description for the, the YouTube version of this video, at least. Um, now let's flip the coin a little bit. Let's talk about uh, some of the biggest pitfalls that you see small small businesses make and that you try to deter. We've talked about what businesses can do right, what tools they can use, but uh, what can they so easily do wrong that are your basically your, your top few pitfalls to avoid for small businesses? I'm sure you've seen some unfortunate stories out there, uh, but I think it would be great for any of our listeners to hear, you know, what can go wrong that you tell them to avoid? So there are probably two that I see happen a lot. Uh, the first one would be the, if you build it, they will come mindset and not marketing your business. Marketing. I think so many people focus so much on, you know, I've got to build up my infrastructure. I've got to, you know, hire the right people. I've got to work on the product. And all of that is wonderful. But if you don't have a system in place to communicate to your customers, you're not going to be able to pivot fast enough to stay in business. And we saw during the pandemic that if you were not able to communicate how your business practices were adapting due to precautions or mandates or, you know, whatever the government was saying at the time, people lost out on business. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're a restaurant and you can't communicate how to order online, how to do curbside pickup or when you're open, when you're not, you know, you've got to have these things in place so that when a message needs to reach your people, you have something already in place to do that. If you didn't have a website before the pandemic, if you didn't have an email list or social media platforms, it was too late to build them when you needed them. And this so you've is, got to do that from the beginning. And this is really sort of a kind of a recent symptom, I guess, of our digital age with all the information out there and the easy access that users now have online to basically anything they want. If you don't have that presence of mind and, you know, a customer's head, uh, you're going to lose out. And once you get it, you kind of need to stay there a little bit because there's so many solutions and products and services out there. Um, it's so important to keep that touch base. So it kind of does go back to, to marketing a lot, like I said. So so I like that. I like that a lot. Is that uh, do you have any others or is that your, your main yeah, money management would money be the management. OK, that was yeah. also a big one. And, you know, and I and I think, you know, I, I talk about this a lot, but I, I think people don't realize how many businesses just fail because you're bad at managing money. Mm. You know, it wasn't that the product 
sucked. It wasn't that, you know, the market didn't support it. It was that you spent money on things you shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. You didn't save when you shouldn't have, you know, you started before you were ready or, you know, so it all goes back to that money management. And so that's obviously why I talk so much about budget in regards to business tools. But, you know, sometimes people, they don't realize how long it actually takes to be able to pay yourself in your yeah. business. You know, they yeah. have this perception that you just start a business like, oh, and then you just pick, you get to match your salary. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, it doesn't work like that. You're absolutely right. And there, there is kind of a window of time where you have to pay your dues and you can't just transition from the salary you left to your new business and expect to get paid the same amount of money. And so if there's no money saved, and you're not paying yourself, eventually, mm-hmm. you're just going to run out of money. Absolutely. So marketing and money management, I would say, are the two biggest pitfalls. And, uh, you know, money money management, especially when you're bootstrapped, because if, you know, if you're a big, flashy, like, tech company that you just founded or something and you're, you're getting outside investors help. Well, we've seen with those big flashy tech companies that even they can go out of business because of poor money management. doesn't matter your size. These are just core tenants and foundations and principles. And I think any successful business owner will resonate so much with, with money management. And it's just so important to reiterate that, right? You, they can't hear that enough, especially starting out. So uh, those are two, two really valuable takeaways. Um, thank you for sharing those. Now, Let's kind of again, because I, I I love to sort of play devil's devil's advocate. Uh, the purpose of your your channel is this bootstrap visit advice for people who you know want to keep it low budget, who don't want to, who aren't taking on big teams, who aren't taking on big investors. Um, at what point would they maybe want to do that? What is the sort of access point where you're like, okay, now you've set up the infrastructure, you have your marketing in place, you're going to an extent where you have to kind of seek other solutions to become uh, successful and elevate your company to the next level. Is there a point at which you would say that is the case? Or are you kind of 100% in the camp? You never really need to do that. Uh, sort of where, where does your philosophy lie on that line? Yeah, I think it really comes from the mindset of what is it that you were ultimately trying to accomplish in your business. I don't think that managing large teams and being, you know, multi-million dollar businesses is the dream for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, for some people, you know, if they just have an extra couple grand a month then that's success for them. You have to define what success is for you when you're being bootstrapped. And so if ultimately, you know, you have a dream of having a large corporation, eventually you're going to need infusion from someone else in order to scale if you're trying to be that big. Um, But that's not the goal. You know, I think not losing sight of the goal is the most important thing because I've watched some people scale their business because people told them they should, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, if you had this, I would totally buy it. Or I wish you offered that. And as soon as they went down that route, the people that said they would buy didn't buy and they tanked Mm -hmm. when they could have just stayed where they were. And so I think ultimately understand what it is that you want to accomplish in your business. And if you do want to scale most people at a certain point, whether it's an infusion through a loan or it's an investment, um, you're just going to need the funds to be able to scale faster and to be able to handle what you're trying to scale up to. But I don't recommend that for everybody. For everyone, the dream doesn't have to be bigger and better. It could just be providing a job for yourself and being your own boss. Sure. And I don't think 
I don't think that is is preached enough. I think you see, you know, blogs talking about like growing your company and it's sort of the almost the assumption that you want to get to that million dollar like, you know, global uh, corporation standpoint. And that just isn't the goals for a lot of people because that that entails so much. And maybe that's not their dream, you know, having your goals in mind and knowing that, no, it is not always going to be necessary unless that is specifically what you want. Um, I do think that is an underpreached uh, anecdote, uh, piece of advice for a lot of small business owners out there, even if you just peruse a lot of the popular tech blogs and stuff. So uh, I think that's that's really valuable advice personally. Now, let's uh, kind of scale back that question and talk about if you are sort of this this smaller business what are the the pros and cons that you would speak to about being a solopreneur and doing it mostly yourself or maybe like a family business or something like that versus starting to build out a team at which point do you want to sort of take on um, that extra bandwidth that it, it's more resources right uh, but it will let you do more um, how do you tell the small business owner who is trying to gauge his growth, um, whether to kind of stay the solopreneur or whether it's time to start building out that team? Yeah, honestly, I believe that everyone should have a team. Okay. However, it doesn't have to be the traditional model of what a team looks like. Mm -hmm. So say for instance, you know, we're seeing now we're in an age of remote workers and virtual assistants and people who specialize in allowing you to outsource certain processes in your business. So I don't think if you have that CEO mindset that you need to do every task in your business, I don't think you should be doing your own taxes. I don't think you should be doing your own legal work. You know what I mean? Like we're not, we're not experts of everything. Right, right. Yeah. You're not going to be, you know, 100% across the board and all the things necessary to operate a business at a base level. Mm -hmm. So, you know, basic things like a lawyer, an accountant, like these are simple things that should always be delegated in a business. So when I say solopreneur, I don't actually mean doing absolutely everything in your business by yourself. And so, you know, I leverage vendors for that. I leverage assistance for various tasks. But if you want to expand to the point where you are managing people, there are people receiving full-time income from your organization to help you execute what you do, that's the turning point. It's do I want to manage people or do I simply want to have professional help for things that are not in my wheelhouse? And so that's really what you have to decide for yourself. I'm personally of the mindset that I, in this phase of life, don't want to manage people. Mm -hmm. It's one more thing to have to do. Mm -hmm. And so I am really putting a ceiling on my growth because I know there's only so much time I have, but it's intentional to provide me with the lifestyle that I want. I want to work less and not have to manage people. But if I did bring on more people, I could make more money, but I'd have more responsibility. So you've Mm -hmm. got to kind of gauge what is it again that I want out of this? You know, do I want the most freedom possible or do I want the most money possible? And so with more money comes more responsibility. Yep. It's like the Spider-Man quote with more money comes more responsibility, (laughs) but it it really, it, it really is. You make a, you make a good point because, you know, 
scaling just because you can doesn't always mean it's the solution that you want. And it doesn't always mean that that is going to provide you the lifestyle that you're looking for. Uh, it's not something that everyone has to do. And um, I like the point you make about like freelance helps, like, you know, accountants and, and lawyers. No, you're not going to be able to necessarily do that, but you don't need to hire them full time either. You can hire them on a contract basis to help with certain things or, you know, some kind of a, a retainer basis. Um, and as far as as far as everything else to, to run your company, I mean, first and foremost, a lot of the tools that you recommend your channel, um, those break down a lot of barriers to potentially needing experts because those do make it a lot simpler if you did want to do a lot of that yourself. And hey, if you do want to grow, you can. But uh, with that comes a lot more responsibility, a lot more time and just evaluating if that is the goal that you want and that's what you want out of it. So again, I think another really valuable lesson and, and insight there. Um, so let's take a bit of a, a time-sensitive approach this this next topic. You know, given it is uh, time recording this um, late 2021, this will probably air uh, early 2022, but we are still, you know, a couple years, almost a couple years into the pandemic and in your experience, you know, your, your channel has definitely taken off in the last uh, couple years, I would say. Um, but how have you seen businesses most impacted in the pandemic? Now, this is a, a broad topic, I'm sure, because it touches on a lot of things. But the last year and a half, almost two years has been so pivotal for so many businesses. I think a lot of probably failed, unfortunately. Some have flourished. Uh, what's the differentiator between the two? Uh, you know, what are, what are some, how have you seen businesses impacted the most by COVID-19? I hate to say it, but I think so many businesses realize the gap in their, their tech. You know, yep. they realize that things that they're like, oh, well, I can, I can survive without a great website. I can get away with not having online payment processing. I can deal with not, you know, having social media that's engaging mm -hmm. and, and thought provoking. And what happened with the pandemic is all of a sudden word of mouth and in-person anything disappeared. Yep. And people began to realize that the only way that I can continue to stay relevant is to have an online presence mm -hmm. that you couldn't at the beginning, you couldn't even have a hybrid experience because people didn't even understand what that looked like. Right. And they didn't feel safe to be even remotely in person. And so all of a sudden you had all these businesses go, oh my gosh, I'm not prepared. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize I really should have had online ordering or I really should have had a better system for X, Y, Z. And so for me, the pandemic became this magnifying glass mm -hmm. on people who were not equipped to leverage technology in their business. And so people were learning Zoom for the first time. They were updating their websites. Right. They were, you know, building social media accounts and, and scrambling. But those who already had the systems in place just ramped it up. And the ones who were able to ramp things up really thrived. And so mm -hmm. it's it's kind of a weird situation where, yes, you did watch a lot of businesses close, but you saw a lot of businesses grow. And you also saw a lot of businesses start up. People right. saw an opportunity to create solutions to these problems. Right. And they said, okay, now everyone needs to live stream and they don't know how I'm going to have a live streaming business or however. And so I think it was it was very interesting because people took a lot for granted when it came to tech. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then when that happened, all of the techies, all of the geeks, <laughs> we rejoiced. Yes. Because yes, people we did. needed us. <laughs> yes. Yes, we did. Suddenly people need online forms. You know, it's great. Yep. Your business didn't have one before. You definitely need one now. But you make you make such a good point. It, it, you know, it speaks to the adaptivity of the, the human spirit. That Out of this, uh, I think a lot of businesses did start and did flourish and realize their niche. You know, we're so good at um, adapting and kind of figuring out what we need to do. And uh, with with COVID, it became an, a truly online era. It, it already was before, but after COVID, like truly, truly online. Um, and I think you make an excellent point. Like some businesses, maybe they they didn't really have the tools or infrastructure in place to to succeed. Uh, but guess what? The the businesses that are coming after or that that business ended up giving birth to definitely does now. They definitely have those tools because they know that they have to. And that's where, you know, helpful and invaluable resources like yourself come in and equip them to succeed. You know, I don't think it's it's probably not uh, a fluke that your channel has grown so much, you know, really in the last couple years, uh, because more so than ever, small business owners are trying to find these these online solutions to connect with their customers. So I think, you know, it's been a difficult situation for all. But as with everything, there is always a silver lining and I think it's a it's a pretty big silver lining so that's a positive takeaway um, finally let's get to uh, a couple success stories you know what are there examples of businesses that you've seen who've really flourished who have really either turned things around or started from nothing um, I don't know if there are specific examples or just specific paths that you've seen uh, businesses follow but um, what can you speak to that has really been a success lately I think people who began to realize just the power of a website, I I think before people just took websites for granted, but the ones that really leaned into it and they started to integrate tech into their site, whether it was, you know, something as simple as online scheduling for meetings. That was one of the biggest things that came out of the pandemic Mm. was like, people were like, Oh, um, I need to schedule all these meetings. And, and how will I tell people I'm available and how will I send invitations and, and watching them embrace online scheduling. I'm like, it'll change your life. You know, these little things, you know, it's so important and people just, they didn't see the necessity, you know? And so now I just get so excited watching people get a little bit more of their life back by trusting tech to do it for them. And so I think that really was a hesitancy before it was just like, Oh, it's, it's unfamiliar. It's overwhelming. I'll, I'll just do it manually. I'll do it the old school way. And now people are going, okay, there are better ways to do this. And so watching Mm -hmm. people embrace tech to me is success. Watching them say, I can do this. I'm not intimidated anymore. I'm not overwhelmed. And then watching them have more time to do the things that they love. Like that's a win for me. Absolutely. And I was, I was actually going to ask my next question was going to be, how do you gauge your own success? Like, uh, with you, with you starting this education channel and this, this journey, um, what is sort of your, your standard that you're trying to get to? What are you trying to achieve? What, what do you look at at the end of the day? And was like, I did a good job today. This is what I wanted. I can go to bed happy now. How do you evaluate that? Yeah, for me, it's people who are willing to essentially provide testimonials, you know, whether it's in a comment or they share a piece of content, but that interaction with the people watching you, you know, when you create a YouTube video, 
you're talking to yourself and you're putting it on the internet yep. and you have no idea it's what's going to happen in the moment you that know when well, you it, really right? think about it you're creating <laughs> yep. in this vacuum and you're like wow i hope this is helpful and you know i hope that someone gets some value out of this and then the minute that they leave that comment the minute that they share it on social media and tag you and you realize oh my gosh that one little video provided five jobs for mm -hmm. people or that one little video allowed this person to go from being stressed out and overwhelmed to smiling again. You know, it, I love for people to talk back to me. So mm -hmm. I know there are human beings consuming yep. this content and it's helping them because as long as I know that they are being helped by these resources, I can keep going and keep creating. But if I don't think it's making a difference, then it's like, well, I could do other things with my time. <laughs> so please comment, you know, <laughs> send me a DM, let me know. And, and some of those stories, you know, when people write a paragraph, in a YouTube comment and tell you what it's done in their life. I mean, there's nothing like that. So I'm very yeah. appreciative of my community for that. That's awesome. Well, I, from what I have seen on your YouTube channel, you are definitely beloved and have helped many people. Um, lots of great engagement on your, your videos. And it's, it's cool seeing it's important, you know, tech companies like, like us, like, like Jotform, we are out there trying to break down the barriers of, of technology, making it easier for people to, to adapt and integrate. But ultimately, we know we're just one solution. And for small business to really be successful, they do need more than JotForm. They do need more than any one tool can provide. And educators like yourself who come to them with multiple tools and advice to sort of wrap that all up into one package to elevate their technology success and elevate their business. Uh, that's really the backbone of it all. That's, that's really, that's, that's what you need. Um, what so many small businesses need. So, um, I think it's just tremendous what, what you're doing and we're really appreciative of your work as are, you know, thousands of people who subscribe to your YouTube channel. So it's definitely inspirational for, uh, for myself and and the other people at, at Jotform and, and all your audience. And uh, I think that's all that I had as far as prepared questions that I want to ask, but uh, kind of wanted to leave it in your court. If there's anything we missed, any final thoughts or words of wisdom you'd like to, to leave on or impart, uh, I'll leave it an open floor for you. Yeah, well, for sure. I would encourage anybody listening who really likes my perspective on tech to just connect with me. You know, the easiest way is obviously, you know, following me on, on social media and subscribing to my channel, but I really love sending emails once a week and, and updating people about my life and, and telling them about new things happening in the tech world. You guys do not have the time to stay on top of all of these updates. I'm telling you right now, yep. like it is a full-time job Literally. to stay on top <laughs> of, yeah, of what people are, are doing in the tech community, you know, new features that are rolling out, new problems that have been pointed out, new solutions. And so if you simply don't have the time to stay on top of the tech needed to run a business online, and you could benefit from someone doing that work for you, then I would encourage you to check out my website and subscribe to my email list. Um, I'm working on a coupon book that is going to rock your world. Very excited for it's that. It's going to help you save money and save time That's and make money. 
So it's going to check all the boxes. And so ultimately, you know, I, I think that by providing a platform on YouTube to educate you, I'm essentially becoming a member of your team. You know, mm -hmm. I'm becoming that tech department, that IT department yes. that you yes. can't afford to have right yes. now to help you to navigate through that journey. So if you need that, then I would love to help you. Absolutely. Well, well, I know that you have been an absolutely wonderful partner, uh, amazing to collaborate with. We're excited to continue our collaboration with you. Um, I would absolutely encourage anyone to check out uh, your YouTube channel, Bootstrap Biz Advice, or your website, LashondaBrown.com. We will be linking to both of these resources in our description. Um, I just want to say thank you again for agreeing to here on this this episode this was uh, really amazing and insightful i think you have a lot of knowledge um i'm really excited to hear the the user feedback on this one so thank you again lashonda really appreciate you appearing today no problem and i'll see you guys on youtube i'll see you